Hello everyone, Carter here, bringing you another episode of Out of the Hourglass, presented by Nolan Consulting Group. This episode is hosted by Molly and features both Brian and Kevin Nolan as they discuss how their lessons in leadership from the past are helping them navigate through today's climate, and how they've been able to grow as leaders and learn more during these times. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. So I'm here today with the Nolan brothers, the two that started it all here at Nolan Consulting Group. Brian Nolan, Managing Partner of Nolan Consulting Group, and Kevin Nolan, CEO of Nolan Painting and Partner of Nolan Consulting Group. Hi, guys. Hi, Hi how Mom. are you? Hey. Thanks for being here today. Uh, we're here to talk about lessons in leadership, which I think highlights a critical point in today's world that we are always learning and we are always needing to adapt. We're learning from our mistakes, adapting to new challenges, and re-strategizing our organizations. 2020 has certainly challenged our world in many ways economically, socially, environmentally, and the last 90 days dealing with the COVID-19 situation has been particularly unprecedented. It's important that we take the time to reflect on those challenges and how we're looking to move forward. It's It's always important to note that we recognize these challenges are not over and we will continue to adapt. So with that, Brian and Kevin, let's get started. My first question to you both. How did your past experiences prepare you for this situation that we are currently in? Well, you know, Kev's much older, so he's, <laughs> he's, got, he's got so many more uh, experiences. I'll, I'll let Kevin go first there. Okay, this is uh, the beginning of, uh, beginning of recession number five. That's what I've been joking. Um, it's like having Super Bowl rings. Um, <laughs> you survive a recession and you're that much stronger. Um, I, I guess going into this, and it's all by all accounts, we're either in a recession or, or going to have one. By all accounts, um, it's going to be lasting a little while. But um, I know that it'll change. And I know that um, in 2008, probably one of the hardest recessions for me at the time, um, I knew at that time um, that things were bad. And I wasn't 100% sure that it was ever going to get good again. And now I feel much more confident that we'll, we'll get back to normal. These are definitely turbulent times, and it's about having a calm head and a good plan. But I do feel really confident that, um, that we'll all get back on track again, whatever that looks like. It'll be a new normal or something like that, but that we'll adapt, that my company will adapt, and I'm really confident that we're going to make it through. And I, and I think my past experiences, obviously, are making me more comfortable with all that. You know, I, I'll say a couple comments, one about me, then one about you, Kev, how I observe how you behave during times like this. You guys know my uh, favorite quote probably these days is, anxiety and action can't coexist. So I say, move, brother, move. You control what you can control. Um, what do we know? What can we do? Uh, I call it skiing downhill. Listen, learn, plan, do, learn, repeat. And... Uh, You've, you've got to just take the situation and don't become a deer in headlights. And 2008, 2009, man, did that set us up. I felt like I just like went back in time and all of a sudden I, I was in this zone and we just moved on it. And I watched Kevin, of course, as we went into early March and he's realizing PA is getting shut down. And I watched Kevin's mood and how he behaves as, as a leader. Now, he'll take one day and become like the world is falling in. But then he doesn't stay there long. He grips it and he takes a con and always has a plan. And he created his lifeboat. Sure enough, he called me that Saturday and told me about his plan. Well, that's a good one, Brian. Action def- definitely is the opposite of anxiety, or at least the two can't coexist. Because if you're doing something 
then it's hard to sort of feel sorry for yourself and woe is me and all that. So whether it was a, a one-week plan or a 90-day plan or maybe now a six-month plan or ultimately longer plans, um, it's really about that action that saves you from all of these uh, tumultuous times and gets you through. Yeah, you know, the Thanks. other quote is, uh, doors open and doors close, the trick is stay out of the hallway. Pick a door, go in, it may be the wrong door, go back out again. But when you stay in the hallway, it's cold, dark place. Well, you are going to make mistakes, and I certainly make a lot of them. Um, and um, I don't kick myself too much over them. I do get, um, I do obviously am frustrated. Um, but yeah, go in and out of the doorway. If you make a mistake, just turn around and go, go quickly in the right direction. How would you say it has changed, looking back at those past experiences, it's, it's changed the way you, you lead now on a day-to-day -day basis with your team. Yeah, so I'll, I'll start there. I, and I tell this to a lot of clients, take the con, take the lead. You gotta be maybe a little more directive during uh, times of crisis. Um, you don't have a lot of time. Um, and then you need to have more uh, frequent huddles. A football team has a huddle each play. You gotta have mo much more frequent huddles uh, Check in with all your employees often, find out where they are, um, have a lot of scar tissue, expect anything. Never, never get a belly punch, just expect anything. You got that right, because anything has really happened and continues to happen. It's still really crazy out there. Um, but in the beginning, uh, when we were originally shut down, uh, we met every day for an hour on the phone, the management team, um, and we, we talked about next day, money, money issues, um, and how we were going to uh, eventually get started again. And then when we got started again, how things would be different. Um, so I did make some pretty big moves to restructure the company. Uh, I shrunk the number of teams, um, removed a couple of salespeople, um, and uh, trimmed the overhead so that we could then be lean and mean and make some money when we got going again. Um, now, I spent the first month after we've been open, we've been open a, a little over a month now, uh, I spent the first month uh, just waiting to see, like, what's going to happen today? You said something was going to happen every day, and things have been happening every day. You know, I've had, I've had employees get diagnosed with COVID-19. I've had uh, employees come back and take the bonus that I gave them to return and then leave. Um, and I've had um, just a lot of things happen. Employees get injured. On the very first day, we had an employee get injured. They're still injured. So things have been happening uh, nonstop. Um, and so you do come to expect that, and you basically compartmentalize. And the other thing is I am letting uh, everybody sort of learn how to lead as well so that ultimately that um, when I'm not here in, in five or 10 years, um, they'll see a process which is very much about action, uh, but also trying to do that in a thoughtful way. Now, by the way, it's about, let's get back to normal as fast as we can. So, because I, we had a great plan going for 2020, and so it was interrupted. Um, and it was interrupted once by shutdown, so six weeks of shutdown. And then it was interrupted by this indecisive, what's it going to look like? And now I'm just waiting to get back at it. So I don't think there was much wrong with our plan. Yeah. Uh, just got to change a few numbers yeah. and realize, make it real. You know, getting back at it was, was for us in the uh, consulting side was finding the big rocks again. 
So our team really got behind what are the three to four big rocks like events. Events now are going to be virtual for the next six months. That's a big rock. So we began working on that. Marketing became one for us. So once we sort of grabbed on to these rocks, uh, we felt like we were moving again. You know, we, you need to move forward. And whatever you can do to move forward, instead of feeling like you're always on defensive, um, is key. You definitely have to live in the future now. You've got to be looking ahead because you can't be looking back and saying, oh, wow, it was going so well, or I lost money, or I lost this, or I lost my mojo. You've got to go get it back. And it's really not about even, as a leader, it's not even necessarily looking about what's happening now at this point. It's about starting to look forward and being the one that is looking forward and starting to make some of those plans. As you both would agree, leadership is a journey. Life's a journey, challenges are a journey, but leadership is a journey. What have you guys learned about yourselves as leaders over the past 90 days or even up to this, these, the past six months? Well, you know that what they say about age, old age is great until it's not. Um, the, the wisdom of old age and learning about things, uh, I think this, this affirms some things for me and it also discovers some things. I, I always need to be on offense. I've learned that. Um, I, I've learned that I'll grow out of the ashes, wherever point that is. However low that is, uh, uh, we will grow. We will, uh, that's what we do. We grow. Uh, I've learned that uh, I'm pretty resilient and that worrying about things is actually worse than the actual thing happening. That's for sure. Isn't that, isn't that yeah. something? So once things happen, okay, now it's happened. Now I can control it. I've learned that I need to meet people where they are. Everybody's ha had a different feeling about a lot of things, e even the most recent um, riots that have been happening. Everybody has a different feeling about it. Uh, I've learned that engagement is everything. Um, I've learned that I can do my part by volunteering. And lastly, I I've learned that I learned a lot about the need to, to uh, separate working on the business from working in the business. And uh, particularly as a coach, it's very different than being a, a leader. So I, I'm going to I'm going to jump off on that one, Brian, because yeah. I don't know really what I've learned, but I definitely learned uh, that last thing that you said about working in the business versus on the business. Um, I'm very much in that place right now where I realize that my sole job is to make sure that, that the next five years to ten years are planned out. Um, regardless of what interruptions happen, there you, we, because things will happen. But regardless, you do have to have a plan and a path. Um, still learning because it's still changing, um, but um, there's definitely a lot of learning going on. I've been, I spent a, a couple of weeks um, in limbo, but then I started reading books again, um, and I've been voracious over the last couple of weeks, reading books and listening to books. Um, on Audible and um, so just continuing to learn and then to apply because because I most of the things that you learn when you're uh, when you've been doing it as long as I have much of much of it is already things you have learned mm. and then you realize that you either forgotten or you've or you, you've not made them a priority or you've you've failed to um, reinforce them the way you need to um, and so I'm, uh, I'm ready to get going again and start uh, pushing the company for growth, um, regardless of 
whether long-term we're worried about the recession, what have you. You know, I always think of it as just like a plant. If, you, if a plant has the right uh, climate and water and sunlight, um, it'll grow. And right now, um, business is quite good. It's, it's pent-up demand. It's uh, backlog. It's uh, home improvement. It's spending. home improvement. That's where people can spend money. Right. So there's no question about it. We came back. I've been shocked at how busy we've gotten. We've had a lot of leads, and none of our jobs canceled, and everybody wants to have things done in their home. And so we've got opportunities here. So uh, it's about taking advantage of opportunities, right? That's yeah. what it's really all about. So it's how, as a leader, do we harness these opportunities um, and get excited and then excite our team about them? Um, and then, of course, we need, I've got a lot of challenges ahead trying to figure out how I can keep a, a group of 120, 130 employees together when we never see each other, um, or at least have it in now going on three months. How do you keep uh, the culture alive and the stickiness that is the company? It takes work. You've yeah. got to be thinking about that. And we're going to be doing it in different ways, uh, which isn't that much different because when I was, we were growing last year and I kept talking about, you know, we were going over 150 employees. How to keep culture. How to keep culture with 150 yeah. employees. So now we've got some added challenges. Uh, not only do we have um, a growing company, but we have to figure out um, how, to, how to stay in touch with them. And, uh, and, but we will. Yeah, and, and keep, keep culture deliberate. Yeah. Like the fact that if, if you're not being deliberate about culture, then other oh, it'll, people, it'll just disappear. Uh, and other people are, are creating subcultures, right? Yeah. You know, one point that I, I need to make about what I've learned is to uh, work on separating the business from myself. Um, business is a game. This is a game. And I probably get, like a lot of you listening, wrapped up in the business. And uh, I think the last uh, three months has helped me to understand um, what's really important in life. Um, so You're not getting any point. younger yourself there, Brian. I'm right, right behind you. <laughs> I'm the youngest one in the room. <laughs> uh, so now what? This actually brings me, Kevin, you were making a point earlier about um, kind of looking at the year ahead. And I had the chance to be a little listen in on your marketing meeting this morning. And you were... You guys oh, were I talking. Not know that. You, yeah, I was. I was silent in the background, just <laughs> See, listening. These meetings, in. these virtual meetings, you never know what's exact, going on. Who's in the room? Exact. I didn't want to interrupt. I just wanted to listen to the wisdom. Yeah. Uh, but you had talked about you guys are looking to reforecast the remainder of the year and what revenue will look like um, by the end of this month, June. So, what is your outlook for the second half of the year, and how is your team going about planning? Well, so, uh, yeah, I'm getting bullish again. I've uh, managed in the last uh, month go from um, somewhat pessimistic to, some, to very optimistic again, at least for the balance of this year. Um, because, the, as I indicated before, uh, the work uh, backlog uh, stayed put. People didn't cancel. The phone's still ringing. Um, and we're still getting jobs. Um, and um, our marketing and advertising and branding that we've had in place still makes us very much the leader in our area. So uh, we're taking advantage of that. So what we'll do is uh, we'll spend the next two weeks just meeting with some key personnel so that I, I don't just live in my own world and you know, read my own newspapers. I want to see what other people are saying in my company about clients, coworkers. So we're going to bring in some other managers and have some business meetings face-to-face. Uh, -face. Uh, we'll be socially distanced, but we'll be able to talk and uh, discuss what the assumptions that we can make going forward are 
um, so that I can give my CFO um, some good uh, inputs to plan for the rest of the year because we do need that. We do need to get the scorecards going again. We do mm. need to get the pay for performance systems back up and running. Mm -hmm. uh, we need to get out of, okay, it's an emergency and back to uh, doing business the way we do it. And um, so, yeah, I'm starting to get um, excited. Um, you know, like I said before, um, we had a really good plan this year and uh, even though it was interrupted, it is not to be thrown away. There's still plenty plenty of good planning that we had in that and that we're going to pick up the pieces that work and move ahead. Yeah, I mean, you've so. been there once, right? So you yeah. know how to get back. Like, you, yeah. were, you were just starting to put the systems in place for real scalability. Yes. You, yeah. had, you had figured out we how We were going to have a spectacular year. And, and, and the next three years, how to double in size in the next three to five years. Right. Where it took you how many years to get to where you were and you were going to double in size in five years because of this whole scalability. Yes. Uh, the, playbook. Know, the playbook yeah. is there, and uh, there's only a few changes that have to be made, but right. I think the playbook is still there. You know, um, uh, years ago, back in the uh, corporate world, um, I, I learned that always be reforecasting. So you do a budget, and then the budget's key, then when you get to April, May, you do a save as, and you reforecast. Because now you're skiing downhill, you see the rocks you didn't see before, you see things. Always be reforecasting. Uh, because now you see things. Well, oh. if you don't, then you're not really using your plan because no. your plan's supposed to be opened up, looked at, and uh, not collecting dust. And you're supposed to be saying, all right, so are we on the plan? Is it going where it was supposed to be going? What's changed? Yeah, and, and when you project out, you uh, project assumptions about, about how we have to behave to hit those. And so if you don't hit those, then you got to change behaviors. Yeah, I mean, we, That's would be, leadership. we would be doing a June 30th reforecast anyway That's for right. the second half of the year. Um, and um, I'm, we didn't expect the third quarter, I mean, the second, first quarter and the second quarter to be the way they were, um, but the third and fourth quarters are starting to look fairly predictable. Yeah, and then uh, cash flow projections, uh, that, that's really important. Uh, if not for this loan that everybody got from the SBA, uh, people would be in pretty, pretty deep you-know-what right now. Um, so we don't know what's going to happen this fall, so get into a mode of projecting cash flow. Um, not just revenue, not just profits, but how much cash I'm going to have left. And then uh, lastly here, get back to your big, big rocks. What's important in the next six months? Get the company to gather around the priorities so we're in sync again. So in looking at that second half of the year and reforecasting, looking at the big rocks, have either of you made any long-term changes to your teams? Well, yeah, we certainly did. Um, as I mentioned, we, we, we moved two salespeople. We had a sales team of seven, so now we, we originally had cut it down to, I guess, three, but we added two more back again. Um, but that, that's probably all we're going to lot for this year. So we told our two, two other salespeople they won't be coming back. We cut back our HR recruiting department, and we also cut back our, uh, ad, some of our admin staff. Um, so they were significant in terms of, oh, and I mentioned earlier, we, we downsized the number of teams from, originally we had, we had seven teams and now we're down to uh, four. So we had, um, they're bigger teams, but nonetheless, these are changes. And uh, these were all done to uh, lower our overhead so that we can make some money. And um, so they were, they were longer term, I would say six months to a year. 
because, you know, finding a good salesperson is a hard thing to do, and I just let one go. So that's mm -hmm. tough. It's a backward move. But um, obviously things are not the same, um, so those changes were necessary. You know, we're making some, some changes. We're not going to bring on a new coach that we had budgeted. I just want to be a little cautious until I see what's going to happen here. We want to use some veteran summit members um, as um, a coaching role going forward also. Um, I, I have a great team, much like uh, Kevin. I, I remember back in 2008, 2009, you let a lot of people go, but you kept your core management team together. And I'm willing to do a lot to keep, keep my team in place too. Because that's what you have to do. You have to make those tough decisions, but you do have to tell the people that you're keeping that they're part of the long-term future um, because that's what it takes to build for the future. I mean, these, these are the people that, that think and act like owners. They, they care as much about the business as you do. Um, and once you get that group of people, uh, really there's no better feeling. You really arrived at a business ownership level. That is what ownership is all about. So looking at those team members who you're telling are part of the long game, you know, how has this recent six months or even the last 90 days changed your perspective on the long game? I mean, you are both in the fourth quarter of your working career. I say that lightly, but it is Early true. Early fourth quarter. Early fourth quarter. How has it changed my perspective? Um, well, um, we always knew a recession was coming. Um, we didn't expect all that we got here. Um, so in some of that, that perspective, we've been sort of preparing for it. You know, I was saying a year ago that, um, that debt could kill you, but you could always cut overhead. Remember I was saying stuff like that? Mm -hmm. and so uh, sure enough, we did that. Um, so the perspective to run the business, in fact, we had a, a meeting and we were talking about um, how we save money for the business and how we put that only in um, low interest, um, low risk accounts. This is where we keep our reserves. And the reason is, is because you, you, you don't want to gamble with your reserves, you want to gamble on your business. So some of these perspectives, you know, I've had for a long time because of this, I mentioned to you, this was my fifth recession. Um, so from that perspective, uh, getting a chance to wa have my kids who are now in the business and having them watch how we get through this uh, my, my son actually said, boy, I'm glad you're still CEO um, mm. because, because I was like, I wish I wasn't, but nonetheless. Um, so I, I, I think it hasn't really changed the timeline. It's made it more real, I can tell you that. Um, you know, I still plan on being the CEO for another four to five years. I actually have a date certain. And then in, in the, you know, the, the next few years, act as the chairman of the board and provide just sort of some visionary stuff. So much, much of that has, um, has not changed, but um, it's made it a lot more real. And um, I now understand that my role is to make that happen. Yeah, I'm sure glad you, know, you, you picked a date because it always seems like you were saying four or five years out. And each year you kept saying four or five years out. I'm like, it's going to be 85 no. years never, old. The no. never four ending or five years. Five out, it's going to be a date certain for quite a while now. Right, right. Yeah. You know, my perspective, uh, and I'm, I'm a good bit younger than Kevin. Uh, Three and a half years. <laughs> so, I, I, you know, I love coaching. I mean, it's in my blood. So 
I know my dad was a lawyer, and he co he, he was a lawyer until he was so. It's a lot easier coaching than doing. I right. Would say. <laughs> <laughs> I did my share of doing. Uh, so I mean, I, I'm going to coach for another another 13 years, uh, and but I'll probably transfer leadership in seven years and, and uh, continue coaching. I think right now for me, what happened is I, I want to involve the next generation in the vision development. And what does a vision look like? Where Nolan Consulting is going to go, uh, Summit membership, the clients, the right fit there. Um, I, I'm going to become less available on purpose a little bit, but then when I'm available here, I'm going to be 100% attentive. That's my goal. I call it the gift of 100% attention. Hmm. And if we can strive to that, what I, like I what I found is when I was here coming in every day, I'd go to my office, shut the door and coach, and someone knocks on my door, and I'm like, I'm, I'm kind of preoccupied. So I'm going to change, and I'm going to work really hard on, on that gift. I like it, Brian. That gift. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have that be my takeaway. Yeah. So, um, you know, less available on purpose, but when I'm there, I'm totally there. I like it. Now, that's all the questions that I have for the two of you. But if you'd like to leave us with any parting words of wisdom or any final thoughts, we'd love to take them. Huh. Yeah, I mean, don't, don't let yourself get a belly punch. Expect anything. And then when you do, take stock in what you can control and take action. Control the controllable, yeah. is how you always say. Take a day, take a day and, and sulk like Kevin. And then, uh, and then, and then uh, put on your armor like Kevin and attack. An attack, and that's what that's what he does, uh, and that's the message. Sounds good. Get back to what you're what you're doing. Uh, make sure you take care of the number one thing, which is your head, um, and treat yourself right, and stay positive, um, and do all the healthy stuff. Great, Kevin, Brian, always a pleasure. Thanks for your input, and we will yeah. see you back. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode. Out of the Hourglass is recorded and produced by the team at Nolan Consulting Group, a nationwide business consulting firm located outside Philadelphia. Have a question, comment, or idea for future episodes? We'd like to hear from you. Visit our website, www.nolancg.com.